Blog Talk Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday. It is May 28th, 2021, um, and it's the Friday that marks the beginning of our Memorial Day um, um, celebration, if you want to call it that, or perhaps remembrance of, of those valiant men and women of the U.S. Armed Forces who made the uh, ultimate sacrifice in defense of our nation, in defense of our freedoms, um, in defense of all of us, and we owe them a debt of gratitude that can never, ever be fully repaid. So let us remember what Memorial Day weekend is about today. It's not about uh, barbecues. It's not about air shows, although we all enjoy those activities. It's not about uh, buying linen at the, on the, at the mall, if we still go to malls or online. Um, those are all part of the activities but we really got to remember what it's about. Uh, there's a wonderful uh, documentary series that I watched as a kid. Um, I taped it with commercials, unfortunately. I'm looking to find a copy uh, without commercials of Victory at Sea. And who could forget the, the Rodgers and Hammerstein music? And as you hear the, the music rising and falling, you see the ships rising and falling uh, in the ocean with the waves crashing on, on the decks. Um, very inspirational. And you watch those planes piloted, in many cases, by teenagers, American teenagers or, or kids in their early 20s uh, plummeting to their deaths, getting grievously injured. What were they fighting for? Let's give that some thought. With all this nonsense about the cancel culture, <clears throat> let's not cancel history, <clears throat> pardon me, and let's make damn sure we don't cancel our freedoms and we don't cancel the future of our nation for our children and for their children. No country is without flaws, just as no people are without flaws. But boy, oh boy, I can't think of any country that can hold a, a candle to America in terms of America trying to right the wrongs that it may have committed along the way uh, as we develop better understandings uh, and, and, and greater sense of responsibility, um, it's frustrating, infuriating, and upsetting to see Americans wanting to tear their own country apart. But let's face it, there's a reason this has been happening. It's a clear reason. We've allowed America's adversaries to have access to our campuses. We've allowed billions of dollars to be pumped into those campuses by countries that are not looking out for the best interests of America, countries like China. China hell-bent on, on, on controlling the world. What stands between China and world domination is America. If they could eliminate America, for them it would be smooth sailing to control the world. That's their goal. They don't make any bones about it. They're right up and in your face, and they're telling you, we will dominate the world. And if you look at the way that China treats its own people, if you look at what happens with the Uyghurs and the 
training camps, if you will. My gosh. And you have these idiot athletes, sports heroes. No, they're not heroes. My favorite oxymoron is heroic play. I'm still trying to figure out how the hell you can be a hero when you're playing. They take a knee before a game while they wear Nike sneakers or shoes or whatever the hell they're wearing that may well have been made by slave labor in China. The hypocrisy is deafening. We're talking about cleaning up the environment, the Paris Accord. Trump was right on this one. The idea is not to clean up the environment, it's to loot the American economy. India and China have said, we're going to do everything we can to clean up the environment. You're right, this is a problem, but give us 30 years and we'll get around to it. Because right now, we're an emerging economy, and and, and we need to, to have dirty energy, I guess. So China continues to dig coal mines. They continue to expand the use of coal in industry, spewing pollution into the environment, and that affects everybody. And instead of standing up to China and saying, hey, wait a minute, Charlie, a one-sided relationship isn't a relationship. My parents taught me that when I was a kid and I first started dating, and they said to me, Mike, one-sided relationships aren't relationships. When I had some friends that were trying to take advantage of me, what did I always hear? One-sided relationships aren't relationships. Well, we have a one-sided relationship with China today. China's concept of compromise, it's very simple. We do it their way, and they do it their way. One-sided relationship. And Joe Biden is all in. And you have to wonder if the business dealings of his son, Hunter, uh, influence Biden or perhaps compel him, think of that word, compel him to take actions that are not in the best interests of America. I want to see the environment cleaned up, although I've got to tell you, I, I don't buy into climate change. There's so many factors that go into climate. Many of them have nothing to do with anything on planet Earth, from cosmic rays to the sun's energy output to how the orbit varies. Uh, I started out studying astronomy. The Earth does not orbit the sun on a track. The Earth does wander a bit. And if you watch any of the astronomy programs, you will know that there are theories that, that Jupiter at one point wasn't orbiting where it is today, but may have been very close to the sun. Other planets may have been ejected from the solar system. Mars was probably hit by another planet, as was Earth. And that's how we got the moon, according to the latest astrophysical Uh, evidence and theories so it's not a neat clean everyone's running around on a track no it's not running around on a track and the sun's energy keeps increasing as the sun gets older and when the sun gets hotter the earth gets hotter there's a lot of factors this isn't a three ring circus but maybe a, a 300 ring circus but should we clean up the environment absolutely but China is not going to clean up the environment. They're going to continue on the way they're continuing on. They pollute like crazy. India pollutes like crazy. So we're going to go out there and go to zero emissions, and then China will have an economic superiority over us and that's their advantage. And believe me, that's what they're looking for. We are naive. We're being swindled and conned out of our freedoms, out of our country, out of our way of life. We're being swindled, or our children's futures are being swindled. And nobody is allowed to ask a question, because if you ask questions, you're a heretic, and they're going to come for you. You'll lose your job, Facebook, Twitter, all those um, platforms 
decide what you can say and not say. Well, now we can talk about the Wuhan virus maybe coming out of a lab. They just approved it, folks. So what a relief. We can now talk about it, maybe, and we'll see. <clears throat> that is not what the First Amendment says. That's not freedom of speech. We have given over the keys to the Constitution to megalomaniacs like Zuckerberg. <clears throat> Has anybody forgotten how Zuckerberg started Facebook, by the way? It was an effort at misogyny because I guess he couldn't get dates with his obnoxious personality. No doubt he had problems, if you ever watched the movie about him. Um, and this was about a way of ridiculing girls, deciding who looked prettier, who looked uglier. It couldn't be any worse than that, could it? And now everyone's using Facebook, and, and, and the same misanthrope that started this whole thing, he's controlling the valve on our freedom of speech. Wow. How brilliant. How brilliant. How come he hasn't been canceled while we're on the topic of cancellations? Why wasn't his ticket punched? We're foolish. We're naive. We're our own worst enemy. We need to wake up. We truly need to wake up. When is enough enough? When is enough enough? And it's remarkable to me that Nancy Pelosi wanted a 9-11-style commission about what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. I, I joined many others who uh, believe that while it was reprehensible, criminal, while it was dead wrong, there was nothing right about what happened once the perimeter of the Capitol was breached. Felonies are being committed. Okay, crimes are being committed. But insurrection? And what happened at the White House, where dozens of federal officers were badly hurt, where the gates around the White House almost came down, where the church across the street from the White House was set fire. And we were told by the journalists, that oh, was a peaceful demonstration, just like we saw in towns and cities across America, buildings burning to the ground, cars being overturned, people being shot. Oh, a summer of love. This is all peaceful. Peaceful protests as buildings were burning. If you want to talk about insurrection, I would argue that what happened at the White House was an insurrection. But, of course, you know, Nancy Pelosi would come out if she ever gets away from her $26,000 freezer chest and says, oh, no, these were peaceful protesters. I'd like to know what peaceful means to Nancy. But what happened at the Capitol, wrong as it was, I'm not, I'm not supporting what happened. But wrong as it was, that was an insurrection. The only weapon that was fired, to anyone's knowledge, anything in the report, was that woman, the unarmed woman who was an Air Force veteran, was shot to death. By the way, we still don't know the identity of the shooter. We still have no idea what the justification was for shooting an unarmed woman. But that's okay, because this was an insurrection. A federal officer purportedly shot a woman to death and she was unarmed. If the situation was reversed, there'd be riots in the street. People don't even know who she was, why it happened. Swept under the rug. Nothing to see here, folks. Keep walking. She's dead, but that's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. But the remarkable thing is Nancy Pelosi comes out and says, we need a 9-11-style commission report or 9-11 style commission, to find out what happened. Now they're calling, finally, because Trump is no longer in office, 
for a 9-11-style commission to find out what happened in Wuhan with the virus. 9-11 commission. They don't really want a 9-11 commission, because if they had a 9-11 commission, you know what it would require them to do? Gather all the evidence, put it in a book, put it on the shelf, and ignore it 100%. Make believe it never happened. Now, why am I saying that? Well, first of all, as you probably know, if you've been following my program or following the work I've been doing, not only have I testified before, I don't know how many hearings, I think we're over 17 hearings in the House and Senate, but I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission. And the 9-11 Commission determined that the number one failure enabled not only the terror attacks of 9-11, but other terror attacks that take place were multiple failures of the immigration system. Right? So think about that. The immigration system failed, and what has the Biden administration done to shore up the immigration system? Upkiss. What did George W. Bush do when he found out that 9-11 was the result of violations of immigration law? Well, he created the Department of Homeland Surrender. And you're thinking, wait a minute, doesn't Mike mean homeland security? No, because the way that Bush put together the Department of Homeland Surrender, he folded in other agencies. This was supposed to be purely an immigration agency. They were supposed to take the old INS, Immigration and Naturalization Service, beef it up, enhance its abilities, give it more resources, streamline the way it could do its job. I know. I worked with members of Congress behind the scenes, and, and what we were working with was something that I came to call the immigration law enforcement tripod, the notion that the inspectors at ports of entry enforce the laws at ports of entry. The Border Patrol enforces our laws between ports of entry, doing interdiction and so forth. And finally, the special agents of uh, immigration and the deportation officers, the equivalent of parole officers, they constitute the third leg of the enforcement tripod with interior enforcement, which, by the way, in many ways is the most critical element of immigration enforcement, and it has always, 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 always been the least funded because that's the way you solve the immigration crisis. And people come up to me or they'll write comments, E-Verify solves the problem, move on. Build a wall and move on. Everyone has a simpleton brain. They want a magic bullet. Check the box. We can do that, and now we can go back to, to snoring or drinking beer or whatever. No, it's a system. The border wall, by the way, not designed to stop people from entering the United States. All the lies that are told, no, it's designed to make sure we have an orderly process that everybody gets funneled through ports of entry, kind of like going into a baseball stadium. You go to the baseball park. There's big fences around the park. Uh, is that a wall of hate? No. Why do they put fences around the ballpark? So you don't have people running out onto the field. And so that everybody has to go through the gates, pay for their admission, because they're there to make money, and also be screened to make certain that nobody has weapons in this crazy era. We didn't have those worries when I was growing up. But today we've become a lunatic society. So they want to you know, put up metal detectors. They want to make sure you pay so you go through the gates. And that's why there's a big fence around the ballpark. It's not anti-fan. The wall on the border isn't designed to keep people out. It's designed just the way the wall around the ballpark is designed, to have an orderly system, and nobody play, gets that onto the playing field unless they're the players. Very simple. But then E-Verify, well, you can't hire illegal aliens. 
people say to me, see, that solves the problem. Well, no, it doesn't. Because through immigration fraud, aliens can get green cards, they can get political asylum, and once they get lawful status, they sail right through E-Verify. That's the issue that no one seems to get. If you give somebody lawful status, you give them a green card, you give them political asylum, they then have a document which they could then use to legally work in the United States, period. So please don't tell me, why are you talking about all this nonsense when all we need is E-Verify? This is like spy versus spy, measure versus countermeasure, right? The idea is how do you overcome the barriers to accomplish the goal that you set for yourself if your goal is to come to America to either work or, God forbid, to carry out a crime, maybe carry out a terrorist attack. You find ways of coming to America. And let me give you an example of how that works. We kind of take for granted the GPS in our car now, and most GPS systems will tell you the best way to go because of traffic. I mean, I find it remarkable. I drive my wife to work, and it gives me like four different ways of going, and it tells me to a tenth of a mile which way is longer, which way is shorter. Will it take 30 minutes? Will it take 27 minutes? Truly remarkable. But for those dinosaurs like myself who remember the days before GPS, and, and they still offer the service on the radio programs, you turn the radio on, and roughly every 10 minutes, you get news, weather, and traffic. So the weather, well, that's the weather. But the traffic tells you the Brooklyn Bridge has an accident. Don't take the bridge. Take the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. Take the Manhattan Bridge. Those of you are familiar with New York City, and they do the same thing in your communities. So basically the traffic report tells you how to avoid the roadblocks, how to avoid the congestion, how to make your trip easy. And we all turn that on. You're sitting in traffic and you're thinking, gee whiz, is there a better way that I can go? Well, that's how people seeking entry into the United States, potentially for nefarious purposes, um, consider their, their uh, mission, if you will. What's the way to go where we can evade Border Patrol, where we can evade detection? And they use multiple strategies. Becoming a United States citizen is a home run for the terrorists because and I've raised the issue at hearings, and it falls on deaf ears. An alien who naturalizes can take a new name when they naturalize. And that's fine. You want to become an American, you can argue that you're starting your life over again as an American. That's cool. And you want to sound American. That's fine. I know many people after the Holocaust who came to America, many of my parents' friends, wanted names that maybe didn't sound Jewish because they feared anti-Semitism. All that's old is new again. Look at anti-Semitism in the country today and around the world. Look at what's happening with Chinese Americans getting assaulted because the genie of racism has been let out of the bottle with this notion of white privilege. Um, we're all human beings, and some people have an easier time than others. One of my favorite bumper stickers, I have two favorite bumper stickers. One says, the more people I meet, the more I love my dog, which is true. But the other one says, be kind to the people you meet because you don't know the battles they're fighting. And once you start telling people that one group is better than another, one group has an unfair advantage. You look at this idiot mayor, uh, mayor of, of Chicago, Lighthead or Lightfoot or, or Light something, will not give an interview to any journalist who is white. You tell me that's not racism. My goodness. It's outrageous, and no one has the guts to stand up and say this is racism. It's disgusting. 
You can only hold people accountable for those things they have no control for those things they have control over. No one has control over the fact that they were born or that they were born a man or a woman or born into a family of one religion or another, or they have you know blonde hair, brown hair, blue eyes, brown eyes, green eyes, white skin, purple skin. Uh, that's the luck of the draw, folks. You can't hold people accountable for things they have no control over. That is stupid, and it is immoral, and it is anti-American. You dislike people when they do bad things, not because you don't like their color. The color should be completely irrelevant. Martin Luther King would be spinning in his grave if he knew what was going on. It's outrageous. But what we're, we're facing in America today is the madness of people lacking the guts to stand up and calling people out for their stupidity, for their immorality, for their outrageous conduct and outrageous statements. And so we we now have a problem in America where you have people coming to America, getting in just like that, ignoring the 9-11 Commission findings that warned that border security is national security, and we're supposed to feel safe. And it was remarkable that the Biden administration initially said, don't come now. Well, that didn't play too well. That was like the Edsel, if those of you old enough to remember the Ford Edsel, which crashed and they had to stop producing it after a year or so, two years. Right? It doesn't work when they said, don't come now. We come later? So they've changed it to the border is closed. The border is closed. If you've been watching, I've been watching Fox, uh, you know, they've been showing the arrests being made. The border is hardly closed. But the border is closed. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. So the same politicians who want a 9-11 commission or style commission to look at January 6th and to look at the Wuhan virus are the same people that are ignoring the findings of the 9-11 commission. It's kind of remarkable, isn't it? Let me start out by, by reading something to you. Um, there is a companion report to the 9-11 Commission report, and it's called 9-11 and Terrorist Travel. And this report is an official government report printed by the government printing office. It was written by the federal agents and the federal attorneys who were assigned to work with the commission. And I know many of these folks, great people, good background. And they wrote this specific report, 9-11 and terrorist travel, to understand how the terrorists were able to move around the world, enter the United States, hide in plain sight, or to use the terminology of the 9-11 Commission, embed themselves as they went about their deadly preparations. And they didn't only look at the 9-11 hijackers, those 19 individuals, but they went back in time uh, 10 years and found that of 94 terrorists they looked at, 59 committed immigration fraud. I would argue they all committed immigration fraud, but the commission said 59. Either by getting visas, by claiming political asylum, by lying about their identities, they lied. They, they concealed material facts. They altered material facts, which comes back to E-Verify. If you give someone a green card, they can get through E-Verify. If you give them asylum, they get through E-Verify. If you give them a green card, they can walk through the port of entry forget the wall the wall doesn't matter to somebody with a green card that's why interior enforcement is such a critical issue go after the employers 
go after the human traffickers, go after the illegal aliens. They've written about this. If you want to make a case against human traffickers, you have to arrest illegal aliens who are smuggled into the country because they're the only ones who can tell you who got them here and how it was done if they cooperate. And you can give them visas as, a, as an inducement, as an incentive, and they will say to you, you know, Charlie was the guy that got me here, and he was driving a blue van, and there were 15 of us in the van. And, and in fact, they were just showing this today, how many people you could jam into a car. People are being treated like cargo. Many of them are children. These are atrocities that are being committed. And, of course, Biden is blocking Republicans from having access to the El Paso Intelligence Center because, God forbid, Congress should really know what's going on because then the American people would know what's going on. So here's something to think about. I just mentioned that earlier today when I was on with Bobby Gunther Walsh over at WAEB in Pennsylvania. He has a great radio show I'm on every other week usually it's every other friday and and i said what kind of a democracy are we living in when president biden can issue a mountain of executive orders that have the impact of law without legislation and congress is denied access to see how the administration is carrying out its duties so oversight is gone the legislative process is gone why don't they just disband congress because they don't have much of a job to do anymore as long as Mr. Biden has his magic pen and his phone and he can issue executive orders that have the power of law, what's Congress supposed to do? And Congress doesn't do oversight because they're being denied access. Where have we ever seen this before in these United States of America? This is a dangerous road that we are on, and it leads, could lead to a tyrannical government. You have big tech censoring us deciding what you can and can't say or write, um, people being fired for saying the wrong thing, don't ask any questions, God forbid. Is this really what freedom looks and smells like? I would argue this isn't freedom. Certainly not freedom. And so Joe Biden issues his executive orders, and we have people flowing into the United States, and then they're being turned loose, turned loose to go God knows where. And we have no ICE agents to look for them. So once they're here, they're here. It doesn't matter that they don't have green cards because you have sanctuary cities that are harboring them and shielding them. And nobody's really going after employers of illegal aliens so they can get jobs wherever they want. And and they're being given tax incentives and they're being given money because of COVID. I, I believe in helping American families. I believe American children living in poverty should be able to get a free college education. I know there are conservatives who don't like the idea. Too bad. We have to elevate our children. We have to take care of American children. American children. Yes, American children of every color, every flavor, every religion, every race, every ethnicity. American. That's what unites us. We the people. A government of the people, by the people, for the people. Which people? The American people. Just the way it works, folks. But to give free college and free health care to people who shouldn't be here? Harry Reid gave an impassioned speech, the former senator, standing on the floor of the Senate when he was first elected, railing about the insanity of giving anything to anybody who shouldn't be here. He said, that's crazy. If they're here illegally, we should get rid of them. And he argued against birthright citizenship, the 14th Amendment. Harry Reid. And then somebody got to Harry and all the other Democrats and all the other Republicans. Either they were given enough money 
or they were extorted, or someone's got the goods on them. Who knows how many of them maybe were hanging out with Mr. Epstein, and people are reminding them about their <clears throat> vacations. Who knows? But they've done 180s on this issue. You don't give free goodies to people who shouldn't be here. Earn tax credit. People say to me, well, Mr. Cutler, if you got rid of those immigrants, and they're not immigrants, they're illegal aliens, don't they pay taxes? They said to one colonel at an event where I spoke, I said, Colonel, gracious, how much money do you think an illegal alien earns? you think he's making 100000 a year? And he laughed. He said, no, 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 nothing like that. They said, okay. So let's say he's earning $15 an hour. That's 30000 a year. How much tax do you pay on 30000 a year? Almost nothing. And if you claim you have children, you get an earned tax credit. And the IRS, I guarantee you, is not going back to their home countries to see if they really have those children. So they're, they're being given money instead of being taxed. So what taxes are they paying? They're paying taxes when they go out to buy work boots or to buy work gloves or to get coveralls. So, so they're paying sales tax. Is that the tax we're talking about? All they need to do is go into the ER for one visit without medical insurance, and believe me, that one bill will be more than all the taxes they paid for the last couple of years. And if they have a child who came here with them and they put that child into the schools, it probably costs 20000 a year to educate a child in the public school system, maybe more. They're not earning the money that the education for their children costs them. What taxes? And this guy was, was a colonel in the U.S. Air Force. And he looked at me. He said, my gosh, I never thought of that. Nobody's thinking of anything. We've, we're, we're a nation that repeats these, these little catchphrases, slogans. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should, so everyone ran out, got cigarettes, and died of lung cancer and heart disease. Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. Immigrants pay taxes. The same deal. We'll market it. We'll sell it. And the idiotic Americans who spent money on a pet rock, and if that wasn't dopey enough, the following year went out and bought a training manual for the pet rock. Picture that one. Imagine the guy coming to work looking exhausted. His friend says, hey, Sam, you look beat. Are you okay? Yeah, I was up all night. What were you doing? I was teaching my pet rock how to play dead, right? Training manuals for pet rocks. Americans bought it. We'll buy anything. Put it in shrink wrap and slap it with a stamp that says, as seen on TV, and you could sell freeze-dried dog poop, I'm convinced of it. So we're being convinced that the immigrants, actually illegal aliens, come in and do the work Americans won't do. Like what? Nurses, doctors, computer programmers, engineers, technicians. Yes, we're giving high-tech visas to people. What happened to the Americans? Oh, too bad for them. And we'll get the illegal aliens to do the physically demanding work. So let's see if I got this straight. Americans are too lazy to do physically demanding work and too damn stupid to do work that requires a brain. What, what do we need Americans for? Pay taxes? Think about it. But let me read to you this preface to this 9-11 Commission staff report on terrorist travel. I mean, this is as crystal clear. This lays it out. This is the very first words in that report. It is perhaps obvious to state that terrorists cannot plan and carry out attacks in the United States if they're unable to enter the country. Yet prior to September 11, while there were efforts to enhance border security, no agency of the U.S. government thought of border security as a tool in the counterterrorism arsenal. Indeed, even after 19 hijackers demonstrated the relative ease of obtaining a U.S. visa, 
and gaining admission into the United States, border security still is not considered a cornerstone of national security policy. We believe for reasons we discussed in the following pages that it must be made one. Well, everything that's old is new again, because certainly if you look at Biden and, and, and the collection of people that he brought to, to the administration, you think they're looking at the border and saying, oh, my God, this is a national security crisis? They won't even admit it's a crisis of any kind. <clears throat> and, and so now we're, we're letting people loose in the interior of the United States. We have no idea who they are, where they're going. And while the Border Patrol is dealing with the kids, others called the getaways are coming in. People see them running by them. They're not stopping them. We don't know their names, their identities, their nationalities, their backgrounds, their goals, or their intentions. Getaways. In fact, one of the things that smugglers do, and I speak from experience, is that they purposely have sacrificial loads get caught at a port of entry or between ports of entry. So it's like a shotgun. They'll have 20 people bringing drugs into the United States. Five of them get caught while everyone's doing the paperwork. The other uh, 10 or 15 or whatever, they get through. So they sacrifice some because ultimately they know they're going to get enough people through, enough drugs through, enough contraband through. And that's what's happening. Among the getaways undoubtedly are criminals, terrorists, fugitives, people who want to do harm to us. But that's okay, because we're a nation of immigrants, and how dare you be xenophobic and a hater? And people are accepting this? Have we lost our flipping minds? And it's remarkable, because Chuck Schumer, a couple of years ago, advocated for creating a federal law that would make trespassing on critical infrastructures and national landmarks a federal crime with a five-year jail sentence. And he said in his website, his official Senate website, I don't care if you're an adrenaline junkie or a criminal, if you enter, if you trespass on, on any of these facilities, you're creating a danger and you need to go to jail to deter this kind of thing. And he even mentioned a 16-year-old airheaded kid who climbed the World Trade Center under construction to replace the Twin Towers and said basically that that 16-year-old needs to be in jail. Well, wouldn't you argue that running the border is trespassing on America? So if you trespass on critical infrastructure or a landmark, then you should go to jail. If you trespass on America, we'll give you U.S. citizenship. Well, by the way, you should know that when our guys raided the bin Laden compound, they found a copy of the 9-11 Commission report and an application for U.S. citizenship. I don't think it was for Osama bin Laden. But it was part of their strategy. In effect, if you read the indictments of many terrorists who've been arrested in the United States since 9-11, <clears throat> many of them, according to wiretaps or confessions, were coached and told, don't do anything till you get that U.S. passport, then you can travel around the world and alternate which passport you use with which name to cover your tracks. Because the U.S. passport is the gold standard. So it not only endangers America and Americans, but it endangers our allies. It's remarkable. And Alejandro Mayorkas, who's now the head of DHS, when he headed, headed up the program at Citizenship and Immigration Services, basically instructed all of the people under his command to essentially approve every application. So how much fraud do you think went through? And how many terrorists do you need to create mayhem? 19 hijackers on 9-11 killed more people than we lost to the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor, and the death count from 9-11 continues. This is insanity. This is sheer insanity. 
And then you have sanctuary cities that are adding to the problem, adding to the problem. And then that staff report goes on and says this. Once terrorists had entered the United States, their next challenge was to find a way to remain here. Their primary method was immigration fraud. For example, Yusuf and Ajaj concocted bogus political asylum stories when they arrived in the United States. All of these aliens now are yelling political asylum. So that means that the adjudications program has a, a stack of applications that probably stretch from here to Mars. And again, how many terrorists do you need to create mayhem? So they apply for asylum, and then they're led into the country. In fact, that's exactly the point. So let me go back and read this again. Once terrorists had entered the United States, their next challenge was to find a way to remain here. Their primary method was immigration fraud, lying on those applications, folks. For example, Yusuf and Ajaj concocted bogus political asylum stories when they arrived in the United States. Mahmoud Abu Alima, involved in both the World Trade Center and landmark plots, received temporary residence under the Seasonal Agriculture Worker Program after falsely claiming that he picked beans in Florida. And remember, Biden said he wants to give citizenship to the farm workers. Here we go again, right? Mohammed Salome, who rented the truck used in the bombing, overstayed his tourist visa. He then applied for permanent residency under the Agriculture Worker Program, but was rejected. Iyad Mahmoud Ishmael, who drove the van containing the bomb, took English language classes at Wichita State University in Kansas on a student visa. After he dropped out, he remained in the United States out of status. So we're giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens, and if you look back to the 93 bombing of the Trade Center, killed six, injured over 1,000, then inflicted a half billion, $500 million worth of damage, almost brought the tower down sideways. Their goal was to kill hundreds of thousands, and they might have succeeded. The guy that rented the truck was here illegally, and the guy that drove the truck was uh, here illegally. And we're giving illegal aliens driver's licenses while we put up barriers against car bombs and truck bombs. Brilliant. These aren't left-right issues. These are the issues you need to discuss with your neighbors, folks, because they're putting everyone's life on the line. And in case you're living in a rational state where you're not giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens, well, good for you. It does not matter because anybody with a license from any state could travel anywhere in the United States and rent a car. I could take my New York driver's license. I can go to Alabama. I can go to Arkansas. I can go to Wyoming. I can go anywhere. I can go to North Dakota, and I could rent a vehicle. A driver's license is good across the country. So what New York does, what Illinois does, what California does, what New Jersey does, threatens every American from coast to coast, border to border, and you can throw in Hawaii, Alaska, Puerto Rico, Guam, and God knows where else. Why? Why aren't journalists questioning these leaders and saying, why are you doing this? Don't you understand you're going to get Americans killed? What is the point to this? What is the purpose of this exercise in stupidity? I wonder why the hell I bothered testifying before Congress or traveled to Washington to give a deposition to the commission when it seems as though our politicians in both parties are eager to go 180 degrees opposite the findings or recommendations of the 9-11 Commission. Both parties. The Republicans didn't want to give Trump the money for the border wall. Nobody ever hires ICE agents. We only have 6,000 ICE agents, and most of them are doing anything but immigration, because not only did 
George W. Bush cut immigration in half, customs and border protection and ICE, which never should have happened. But then he folded in customs and agriculture and TSA and Secret Service and ATF. So ICE agents that should be going after immigration law violations are going after kitty porn, terrible thing. People that do it should be put in jail, maybe be surgically altered. I don't know. We could imagine all kinds of ways of dealing with that kind of degeneracy. But the point is, why are you having immigration agents do that when postal inspectors, state police, city police, FBI, everybody and their brother can go after those violations? This is about keeping ICE agents busy so that they don't enforce immigration laws. And this was created by George W. Bush. If you read the testimony at a hearing where I testified, John Hostel, who was a Republican chairman of the House Immigration Subcommittee, he made it abundantly clear and said that what the Bush administration gave us was immigration incoherence, making it impossible to secure the borders or enforce the laws. It's not just the Democrats. That's the dirty little secret. Both sides of the aisle are in on this. Cheap labor, the immigration delivery system, clients for immigration law firms. That's what this is about. Now, page 61 of that report has the following statement, exploring the link between human smugglers and terrorists. In July 2001, the CIA, this is before 9-11. Think about that, just a couple of months before 9-11. In July 2001, the CIA warned of a possible link between human smugglers and terrorist groups, including Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Egyptian Islamic Jihad. Indeed, there is evidence to suggest that since 1999, Human smugglers have facilitated the travel of terrorists associated with more than a dozen extremist groups. With their global reach and connections to fraudulent document vendors and corrupt government officials, God knows which countries we're talking about, folks, right? Human smugglers clearly have the, quote, credentials necessary to aid terrorist travel. And then finally... Here's something found on page 98. Terrorists in the 1990s, as well as September 11 hijackers, needed to find a way to stay in or embed themselves in the United States if their operational plans were to come to fruition. As already discussed, this could be accomplished legally by marrying an American citizen, achieving temporary worker status, think DACA, folks, DACA, right? Or applying for asylum. There we go again. Applying for asylum after entering. In many cases... The act of filing for an immigration benefit sufficed to remit the alien to remain in the country until the petition was adjudicated. You've got, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of aliens since Biden came to office now in the country. How long will they be here until their petitions are adjudicated? Maybe when hell freezes over. So they're here. And the 9-11 Commission says, in many cases, the act of filing for an immigration benefit sufficed to permit the alien to remain in the country. They're here, Right until the petition was adjudicated. Terrorists, terrorists were free to conduct surveillance, coordinate operations, obtain and receive funding, go to school and learn English, make contacts in the United States, acquire necessary materials, and execute an attack. Wow. Wow. Takes your breath away. Now, meanwhile, Newsweek just wrote a report about the impact of the asylum applicants on the border state in Arizona, how the state is overwhelmed and these poor communities are overwhelmed and these poor immigrants that simply want asylum are having such traumatic issues. Not talking about what this means for Americans and their jobs or when the schools are overflowing 
or the hospitals have to shut their doors because the emergency rooms are overflowing, or they go bankrupt because you have so many people coming in using the emergency room as their primary health care provider, but they have no health insurance. And under the law, you can't turn away anybody who's in the emergency room. They are required to treat them. We've had how many hospitals around the country go bankrupt? And how many have had their bills skyrocket because we're paying for the deadbeats? It's the way it is. So Newsweek, though, finally reporting on it. And, and I wrote about this for Front Page Magazine. I hope everybody will read the article and then take the link and forward it to everybody you can. Put it on Facebook. Put it on the social media. Get everybody to understand the issue. These aren't left-right issues. Okay? And then I wrote an article about how Biden is ramping up enforcement of the Internal Revenue Service. He is asking for $80 billion to be infused into the IRS over a 10-year period to ramp up the search for tax cheats. Not immigration cheats, which might involve terrorism, but tax cheats. Because they need money to pay for the programs that Biden wants. Amazing. You know, I've made the point that the politicians like Biden, and most of them, frankly, the Constitution is not a solid body of law, and you have to follow the Constitution. The law books, no, 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 no. We'll pick and choose the laws we like. They look at our laws, they look at the Constitution as though it was a menu in a restaurant. You know, you sit down and the waiter or the waitress hands you a menu and you go through the menu and you say, gee whiz, what's your soup of the day? Chicken gumbo. Mm, I don't think I'm going to have the chicken soup. Uh, What's your salad? Caesar salad? Okay, I'll have Caesar salad. Oh, immigration law. Mm, No, I don't think we're going to enforce that. But tax law, yeah, we'll enforce that. It's a menu. It's no longer a a cohesive body of law. It's a menu, and you get to pick and choose the items according to your own personal taste. Do I want chocolate pudding or rice pudding? Mm. You know what? I'll have the cheesecake. Tea or coffee? Yeah, I'll have coffee. Isn't that how they're enforcing the laws? So you look at Americans who look at this, and they say, wait a minute. People can come to America illegally, and many Americans... Uh, whose families came here legally. My mother came here as a legal immigrant. My dad's family, the same thing. My first wife's family came after the Holocaust. Her mother was in a concentration camp. They waited for years in Italy while State Department did a thorough screening to make sure that it was okay to admit them. And even then we had Nazi war criminals manage to come here. So anybody who went through the system legally and waited on that line and followed all the procedures and paid all the fees and did everything they were supposed to do, they must feel pretty damn stupid. I waited online and I went through all that hell, and anybody could stroll up to the Border Patrol now and say, hi, why are you here? Political asylum. Okay, step right this way. We'll give you a ride. You want to go to the airport or the bus terminal? Your choice. What the heck? What the heck? Border Patrol has become car service when they're not serving wet, as wet nurses for, for the children coming across the border. What are we doing? What are we doing? There was a principle in criminal justice called broken windows. Rudy Giuliani applied it with great success in New York. And the point is, if you drive through a neighborhood and you see buildings with broken windows, you know that you can get away with anything. Why bother stopping for a red light? Why bother caring about the speed limits? I could do anything. So we had people coming out uh, uh, when you were at a red light, 
and, and wiping your window with a filthy rag or, or, or a discarded diaper. I kid you not, that actually happened to me. And then the guy says, give me money, and they block the car, so you're being extorted. Thank you for smearing crap all over the windows of my car. Here's a dollar. No, I want two dollars. And Giuliani came in and said, no, we're going to start locking those people up. These are quality of life crimes, and it's creating chaos, and it's making people who are decent uh, flee for their lives. And pretty soon things calmed down, and New York became New York again. Well, we're back to chaos. The police are being told they no longer have legal protection if they take action. I was on the highway today, the Bell Parkway, didn't see a single police car, and why would I? So you have people in the left lane going 35 miles an hour with nobody near them. I doubt they had a driver's license, but this is New York. No one's going to stop you because you might be violating that guy's constitutional rights, and now you could be sued if you're a police officer. So, okay, so this guy is, you know, piddling down the road at 35 miles an hour, and in the right lane, you had three or four cars with blacked-out windows looking like they were probably drug dealers. I kid you not, they had to be doing at least 90 miles an hour. 90 miles an hour, weaving through traffic, darked-out windows, illegally blacked out. You can't see anything inside. Zipping through traffic, and I had the traffic report on that we talked about earlier, and I had never heard of more crashes at one time. Avoid this road, avoid that road, avoid this bridge, avoid that bridge, car overturned, car on fire. Accidents, people, ambulances, fire trucks. It, 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 there was a computer game my wife and I used to play years ago. Maybe you're familiar with it, Midtown Madness. And, and you could make believe you're driving through any city, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, and you could, you know, crash into cars and pedestrians. It was a, a computer game, a crazy game. Well, well, that seems to be New York right now. I, I, I wish I had a dollar for everybody who I see who I saw today run a red light, blow a stop sign, violate the speed limit, or cut people off. It's literally a free for all. And you look around to see if there's any cops. No, nope, no police. We're on the honor system, and we have a lot of dishonorable people. But we're going to defund the police. Isn't that remarkable? When have you ever heard the radical left say that we're not going to throw money at a problem? Right. If there's a problem, we'll throw money at it. No, we're going to defund the police. What do you think the outcome is going to be? It's bedlam. Now, here's a question that no one's asking. Who is going to legally immigrate to America the way things are right now? Do you think the world's best and brightest are looking at America as that shining beacon? Wow, I want to go to New York. Maybe I can get shot, stabbed, raped, and mugged all at the same time. I'm going to go to New York because I have a death wish. Really? I'm going to go to Chicago. How many people were killed last week? That sounds like fun. Talk about playing a real-life game of Survivor. Are you crazy? Who in their right mind is looking at this and saying, yeah, I want to go to the United States? You only go to the United States if you have a death wish. This is not what America is supposed to be. And if this is representative government, then I want to know who the hell the politicians think they're representing, other than the greedy banks that want to profit off of the drug trade and human smuggling. And I wrote another article about how, uh, because, of the Biden, because Biden had amped up what I call the immigration delivery system, you had profiteers making out like bandits. 
Walmart has been wiring money on behalf of people paying off the kidnappers who smuggled their families into the United States. Walmart, Western Union, all the money wire services, they're the silent partner. They're making a lot of money. And I'm going to imagine that if you're an executive running these companies, you have armed bodyguards, you have submachine guns, and you live in a mansion with high walls and maybe bulletproof windows and, and a bomb-proof car, just like they do in the third world now. But if you're an average schnook and you have to get on a subway, <laughs> lots of luck. Two weeks ago, an undercover New York City police officer, Asian-American, because of the attacks on the Asians, was literally picked up and thrown onto the subway tracks and injured. And the judge, catch this, had to release the thug who threw the cop onto the tracks because of the laws and policies of New York City. And the judge said, you should be in jail, but my hands are tied. I can't put you in jail, and you need to be in jail. And this guy had something like 13 or 14 prior felony arrests. And in court, it was all over the news. The guy looked at the judge. He said, I'm having a great time. I'll see you maybe tomorrow because I'm going to go out and I'm going to play some more. And you can't do anything to me. And you know what? He's right. He's right. He could throw a child onto the tracks. And you know what's going to happen? Nothing. The child may die. Maybe the child got going to lose a leg or an arm. But the thugs, no. They go in and they go out. There's a revolving door. Maybe if New York wants clean energy, they ought to install generators in the revolving doors in those courtrooms because the bad guys go in and they quickly go out. And if you could spin those revolving doors, you could generate electricity without spewing pollution into the environment, just like the revolving doors we need in Washington between the staffers and the politicians who leave politics and go work for the lobbyists. Spin those revolving doors and generate some clean electricity. Go ahead. Isn't that where we are today? How bad does it have to get before Americans stand up and say, enough, enough? And Nancy Pelosi needs to know that she and Chuck Schumer, when you're running from the mob, you might be in front of the mob, and they might be behind you, but if you're running from them, you're sure as hell not leading them. You're a coward. You're a punk-ass coward. And who's leading the charge? People that have no ability to lead anything? And they're calling the shots for America and Americans, and they're endangering national security and the future of our children? And Nancy Pelosi is running? What is she going to hang on to? Another two years? You're old, Nancy. You're old. The clock is ticking. You get another term out of this? So you could sit there and tear up more papers if, if there's another president in the office that you don't like, if you're still speaker, and hopefully you won't be. And again, I remind you, I'm a Democrat. I should be happy. The Democrats are in control, except in my view, these aren't Democrats. I don't know what the hell they are, but Democrats, no. Democrats were the party of working Americans. How in the world can you be the party of working Americans when you seek to flood America with so many foreign workers that Americans will lose their jobs? And if they keep their jobs, the wages will be so far suppressed that the average American may well wind up homeless. Democrats? Really? No. Not, not in my world, it's not. Not in my world. And where are the Republicans? 
I have to tell you, I've never seen a bigger bunch of miscreants masquerading as political leaders. There are third world countries that have better run governments than ours. There are third world politicians that have more integrity than do our politicians. These politicians are bought and paid for. Bought and paid for. Prostituted themselves, and they're endangering our country. I wrote an article for the social contract. They've stopped publishing that, that, that magazine. I did a bunch of articles for them. Um, but I will be blogging for the organization that, that is involved or had been involved with social contract. I'll give you more information about it. By the way, I have to give you some good news. Lou Barletta, former congressman, is now running for governor of the state of Pennsylvania. I should have been, that should have been the lead story today. Forgive me for getting to it so late. But I spoke with Lou two days ago, and uh, we spent almost an hour on the phone. I can't tell you how happy I am that he's running. Pennsylvania needs him in the governor's mansion. But I, I want to quote uh, a, a former world leader, and I want you to think about it when you read the headlines. When the situation was manageable, it was neglected. And now that it is thoroughly out of hand, we apply too late the remedies which then might have affected a cure. There is nothing new in the story. It's as old as the sibylline books. It falls into that long, dismal catalog of the fruitlessness of experience and the confirmed unteachability of mankind. Want of foresight, unwillingness to act when action would be simple and effective, lack of clear thinking, confusion of counsel until the emergency comes, until self-preservation strikes its jarring gong, these are the features which constitute the endless repetition of history. For those of you who don't recognize that famous quote, it was a statement that was made by Sir Winston Churchill that he delivered before the House of Commons on May 2nd, 1935, as the storm clouds of World War II were gathering on the horizon. Boy, oh boy, doesn't that quote seem appropriate today? We have a responsibility to ourselves, to our neighbors, and certainly to our children and their children to stand up, have our voices heard. The powers that be want to silence us, want to subjugate us, want to intimidate us. It's got to stop. We need to peacefully, and I emphasize the word peacefully, get our voices heard. We need to have conversations with our neighbors and provide the truth that the so-called mainstream media refuses to provide. To this end, I hope all of you, all of you will send links to my podcast to as many folks as you can, along with my articles at Front Page Magazine and The American Conservative. And, of course, you can go to michaelcutler.net, uh, where I have links to all of my articles as well. But please get involved. Memorial Day weekend is the weekend we remember the sacrifices by our incredible members of the armed forces. Let's honor that memory with actions of our own to peacefully defend our country through the exercise of free speech. Thank you so much. I look forward to being with you again next week right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Have a safe, wonderful weekend. Be well, everybody.